And welcome back to America Can We Talk. I want to say a special thanks tonight to Jim Bartow, who's sitting in doing the boards. Well, uh, my regular guy is doing something adventurous. I don't know why he's not here, but so grateful that Jim Bartow was here and doing all this for us. Uh, top of the hour, cruise with the news. This is I try to hit all the stories. I would spend so much more time on if I only had more time, but two hours a week, I want to hit some top ones I think that all really, really matter. Number one, I just have to comment on former underscore former President Obama is going around the country making political speeches, and he actually had the audacity to say that he's shocked by the political lying. It's something we have not seen before. Okay, this is the guy who said, if you like your health insurance, you can keep it. If you like your doctor, you can keep it. That lie all by itself, should be enough to make him ashamed to ever say those words again because that was contrived. As you've been through in the show before, they knew when they said it, it wasn't true. They already had the data that showed 92% of all the healthcare policies in America could not meet the standards they were setting up. So this is not, you know, this is just a complete fabrication. And then you can pile on things like the gun running and Benghazi and, you know, a video did it. We're sure the video caused, I mean, just astonishing audacity but you know what i guess that's politics okay next i want to hit which is really um i i love seeing this just want to share so president trump and the remaining how many days it is nine days till election day i cannot believe it and i everyone's kind of ready but in the nine days uh leading up to election he is just doing an eight state blitz he is hitting the races in this country where he sees it's close, he could maybe help a Senate candidate, maybe help a House candidate. I mean, he's on a roll um, and and doing that. And Steve Bannon, who we talked about last week because he's got that great new movie out, um, he's basically saying, you know, he thinks that the Republicans will hold the U.S. Senate. And I think we're going to gain seats. And he's saying he actually referred to where we are with the U.S. House as we're in a dogfight. I'm telling you, folks, I, I don't I, everyone has to get out and vote and tell everyone, you know, who votes Republican get out and vote. But I just I don't think that the latest news is trending well for the Democrats, pretty much any subject. But uh, so anyway, Trump's doing that, uh, thing. I like that a lot. There was an illegal alien here in the great state of Texas who is facing prison. 63 years old, Enrique Salazar Ortiz. He's voted in elections in this country since 1994. He's, he got some guy's ID uh, who had moved out of state, a former San Antonio resident. He's been voting in this country for years. Knew, obviously, he knows he shouldn't really be voting since he's using someone else's ID. But I raise that just to say, when we say we need picture ID, when we actually say, yes, there is voting fraud, vote fraud, uh, yes, there is. Okay, next topic. I get to jump around because these are all <laughs> trying to get as many as we can in this uh, cruise of the news segment. California. You know, land of everything is free and everything should be free and everyone gets everything they want and there's no, everybody's happy and it's a la-la utopia. California, when you adjust for cost of living, is the poorest state in this country. 
and one of the worst for income inequality, meaning all these liberal policies, liberals sticking their fingers in the middle of things, makes income inequality worse. California. Yeah, who knew? Okay, next one. I had mentioned uh, last week that there was the Savannah College of Art and Design where my sweet little niece went to school. It's a lovely place, but they, you know, they're lefties. So they had actually had a movement among students and and, uh, administrators to try to change the name of a a, a, on campus. uh, And it's part of, they're saying it's part of the uh, University of Georgia system. I didn't really know that. But anyway, um, they have on campus the Clarence Thomas Center for Center for Historic Preservation. It's a really cool old building they had. And it was actually named that because he, Clarence Thomas, in his childhood was actually there. He used to go in there, I think, use it as a library. So it's a historic center or historic preservation. And these students so they signed a petition saying they wanted the name change, that Clarence Thomas didn't deserve to have his name on that. I mean, just, it can't even stand it. Fortunately, I'm here to report the follow-up this week was adults entered the room at Savannah College of Art and Design, and they are pushing back saying, mm, no, actually, you know what, this is, you know, this is not, this may be bitter partisan times in America, but we're not going to do this. This is a celebrated the second, I think, ever black Supreme Court justice, widely revered and respected. We're not doing that. Okay. Next thing I wanted to mention, I I talked to you last week about the Gosnell movie, the movie that was put out, and it's not a fiction. It is a documentary telling the story of the horrific um, abortion clinic uh, run by and uh, where where Hermit, I think his name is Hermit Gosnell, uh, worked and how, I mean, it was actually a place of flat out, Murder. I mean, children, babies born alive, killed there because the mom decided she didn't want them. And the doctors there, this Gosnell, perfectly happy to just kill babies. He is in prison for the rest of his life. But the follow-up I want to tell you about this is that... The Hyatt Regency um, is trying an alleged new policy where they don't really, they're, they're a little more, uh, they tolerate being pushed around. So somehow Planned Parenthood... You know, the utter philosophical opposite of Gosnell's world, Planned Parenthood had an event in Hyatt, and it was to be the same time when the Gosnell movie was going to be screened, and they, Planned Parenthood, complained, and the Gosnell screening was pulled back. They, well, you know, we don't want to offend Planned Parenthood. Okay, please spare me. This is just like, I mean, just getting pushed around, and, and I don't know why Hyatt doesn't have a little more backbone to them, but okay. We're about out of time on this cruise through the news. All the links you'll read are at AmericaCanWeTalk.org. If you're on Facebook Live, come back in four minutes. And when you come back, we have Matt Rinaldi, stellar state representative in the great state of Texas. Come right back. Our nation faces a choice. The path of big government based out of Washington or the unique brand of liberty and prosperity enjoyed here in Texas. For 27 years, the Texas Public Policy Foundation has helped leaders in the Lone Star State prove that fiscal restraint and small government can deliver opportunity and prosperity for all. The Texas Public Policy Foundation promotes and defends solutions here and around the country. 
based on liberty, free enterprise, and personal responsibility. Whether informing the national debate on property rights, energy, taxes, education, or criminal justice, the foundation works to translate ideas into real change. The Texas Public Policy Foundation does not accept government funds or contributions to influence the outcome of its research. It is supported by thousands of people like you who are concerned about the future of our country. You can help Texas remain strong as the beacon of liberty in America. Visit TexasPolicy.com to learn more. Our military and veterans have served all of us, defending our nation whenever and wherever duty calls. But at home, when their families need support, they know they can turn to Operation Homefront for help. Operation Homefront provides military families with critical financial assistance, transitional and permanent housing, and family support programs throughout the year to help prevent their short-term needs from turning into long-term struggles. When you support Operation Homefront, your donation will make a real difference because 92% of their expenditures go directly towards programs that our military families need most. Each year, Operation Homefront serves thousands of military families, families in your community, helping wounded veterans transition to civilian life, helping military families pay overdue bills when their loved ones deploy overseas, and helping them through their short-term struggles. Make a difference today and help serve America's military families. Visit OperationHomefront.org. That's OperationHomefront.org. If you want to get at the issues that really matter for women and men, Go to IWF.org. That's the Independent Women's Forum. IWF is all about increasing the number of American women who value free markets and personal liberty. IWF's motto is all issues are women's issues. They bring a fact-based approach to politics, policy, and culture. When the left tried to peddle a phony war on women, IWF shot back with facts and figures. American women aren't victims in need of ever-increasing government protection. And IWF doesn't think things are perfect, but they believe that individual liberty is the key to prosperity and fulfillment. Along with their sister organization, Independent Women's Voice, IWVoice.org, which is a leader in the fight against Obamacare, they offer policy papers, op-eds, and a popular blog on issues of the day. So visit IWF at IWF.org. That's IWF.org. America faces unprecedented threats to our national security. The Center for Security Policy, based in Washington, D.C., is a national leader focused on the organization, management, and direction of public policy coalitions to promote U.S. national security. The Center is a special forces in the war of ideas dedicated to identifying opportunities and challenges likely to affect American security and acting promptly to ensure that they are the subject of focused national examination and effective action. The Center enlists support from executive branch officials, key legislators, and other public policy organizations and brings these teams together to develop and shape policies that will keep America safe. Check out centerforsecuritypolicy.org for the latest news and developments brought to you by America's leading security experts. Becoming and remaining informed is one of the best ways every citizen can be a part of the mission to keep America safe. That's centerforsecuritypolicy.org. Welcome back to America Can We Talk. I'm Debbie George Addis. I'm just so glad you've tuned in. As I mentioned before the break, we have Matt Rinaldi in studio. Hello, sir. 
Hello. Thank you for having me. <laughs> so glad you're here. Matt Rinaldi, uh, for listeners, wherever you are, this is the kind of state legislature you always, legislator you always want. He happens to represent HD uh, 115 here in Texas, but wherever you're listening from, this is the kind of person you want because he will go down to our state capitol here in Texas, it's Austin, and fight for conservative principles. It's the kind of guy you just wish would run. So I'm so grateful that you're there. No, oh, thank you. And we're we're coming up nine days away from Election Day. So let me just start with a, a couple of issues, then we'll hit where we really are in elections. But so last night I happened to see uh, you guys. My husband and I were with a, at a pro-life, a very large pro-life event. And it was very well attended. And they, oh my gosh, I had Tim Tebow's mother speak. But some people were saying... And I have heard others say this, that, you know, Texas, we're just pretty darn great on the pro-life issue. There's really nothing left to do. Um, and so, and I know you're such a champion on the pro-life issue. So I just want to start to ask you, is there anything else we really need to do in Texas? Yeah, I think there absolutely is. I mean, we have done well in Texas, despite having a, a Speaker of the House who was not pro-life um, and killed pro-life legislation. For example, last session, I carried an amendment to, to defund Planned Parenthood and other abortion providers and their affiliates. Uh, we passed a dismemberment abortion ban, which is specifically banning the, the practice of, of ripping unborn children limb from limb while, while their heart's still beating. Um, and we passed several other reporting and other, and other uh, pro-life measures. And it's been very difficult because they're controversial issues that sometimes the establishment doesn't want to talk about. And controversial, I put that in quotes. I don't think there's anything controversial about it. But they do, so they often don't want to bring it up. So we're in a fight to actually get those issues to the forefront. It's very important. Oh, it absolutely is. And I, I raise that because I did know about those bills. And I just think it's it's an interesting thing, you know, the grand scheme of life. Texas does pretty well on the um, pro-life um, front. But we had a, this great event last night was put on by the Texas Right to Life organization, which just yes. just pretty darn relentless. Okay, on the on the issue of life. So you know, the other next issue I wanted to ask you about in Texas, there is a uh, ranking, and uh, you know, it's a, I just I love that we have someone who does this because most candidates, if you're on the Republican side, you come home to your district, you say, "Oh, I'm the most conservative guy ever. I'm the best woman ever." And so there were three people. You were tied with two other people as the most conservative legislator in Texas, and I actually printed out and read the article that was talking about how the ranking was. So, but you want to want ask you is to translate that from just a ranking. So what does that mean to the average person in your district? What difference does it make in their lives because of the things you stand up for as being conservative? Well, I mean, that particular vote takes into account every little vote we take. And, and most of these votes are incremental increases of the role of government in your lives. Um, whether you own a business, whether you uh, are just trying to pay your property taxes on a daily basis. Um, what that means is when the lobbyists came in, have a bill that the establishment's supporting, we still said no on the conservative side and you know, fought to, fought to basically keep the government out of your life as much as possible. And that's what that means. And that, believe me, we, we've been doing it well in Texas, and Governor Abbott's been a champion for, for conservative values. But it's in jeopardy this election. It truly is. I mean, I have a I have a Democrat opponent who not only is not pro-life, she's in favor of taxpayer funded abortion up to the moment of delivery. I saw um, that. She's in favor of, of completely open borders and sanctuary cities. She's anti-gun. Uh, she's against Governor Abbott's plan to cap property taxes and doesn't even live in the district. Um, if Dallas turns and we're represented by by people like that, as goes Texas, goes the country. 
Oh, it's so true. And it's actually amazing in Texas there would be someone that liberal, because I was reading about your opponent today, that liberal who actually thought those views would fly in Texas. But I will say the Democrats nationally and this state, they're pouring money into this state trying to get what they think are palatable looking and sounding candidates who no matter, and I say this all the time, no matter how nice they sound and how sweet they seem to be to their mother when they come and talk to you and they really give great speeches, at the end of the day, if they're a member of the Democrat Party, they're going to vote with left-wing values. My, my, I mean, my opponent, same way, is, has received a large amount of her funding from outside the district. Barack Obama is involved in this race and it is endorsed against me. Eric Holder's pumping money into this race. Uh, and Hollywood Hollywood actors and actresses and and, and music uh, stars that you would have heard of are pumping money into this race from out of the state. Bette Midler donated against me. Alicia Keys did uh, get out the vote. uh, uh, You're like famous. I didn't know how famous you were, Matt (laughs) Rinaldi. So the, the, the whole country is is in North Dallas County trying to affect these House districts because, remember, we have redistricting in two years. Yeah. Texas has a lot of House seats. You should explain what that is. Well, in in every 10 years after the census, we choose what the House districts are. And we're currently districted as a majority Republican state, but we have have I I forgot what 36 House districts now or or um, and I forgot the exact number. But it's very easy to redistrict a state that has a nine percent Republican advantage into a Democratic leaning state. Knowing this, Barack Obama's involved, Eric Holder's involved. They want to turn Texas into a Democratic congressional legislation delegation. Yeah, we're going to talk a little later in the show. I, I have the latest numbers in polling and all, all over this country in the House and Senate races. And there are some races that should not be toss ups, but they are, or at least that's how they're being ranked. Virtually every race in Dallas County is a toss up and could go either way. And it all depends on whether or not your listeners turn out. I was going to say, well, that turns to the next big issue. Um, I do want to ask you about one last question, then turn to the question of turnout, mm-hmm. issue of turnout. But I noticed on your website that you're involved in something called Adoption Saturday. Oh, I used to. Yeah. Used to, with okay. my, old, uh, my old employer, we used to uh, uh, volunteer our time on a Saturday each year to uh, uh, complete adoptions for people who couldn't afford lawyers. Oh, so it was a le- okay. Yeah. I do, I love that. I mean, adoption and we've talked about a thousand times in the show is such a blessing waiting for people who, you know, uh who just for whatever reason can't have their own kids and and so I, I love that you volunteer. I didn't know it was a past a past thing, but anyway, I, I love that idea. I love you all volunteer for that. Okay. okay. So here's a turnout battle thing, folks. If you're listening to this show and you're in Texas, we still have a full week of early voting through can you do next saturday you know, t- yesterday was the last saturday right it's the last saturday, 7 a.m to 7 p.m uh, in dallas county monday through friday of next week and here's the thing early voting you can vote in any location in the county so if you have not yet voted then i, I just cannot urge you strongly enough because you you hear people say oh i was gonna wait till election day and then you know then my mother hadn't had to take her to the doctor or something you know and they and they don't make it so this is this is a turnout battle this has been months ago we talked about it when I, we had a cruise campaign person talking about it's a turnout battle election oh it certainly is and in any of these races all the house races in dallas county can go either way depending on turnout and uh, Senator Huffine's Senate race is very close. That can go either way. So we need everybody out. We do. You know, and the uh, Texas State House races are close. The the Texas Senate races, and everything changes. You know, I, I try to make this point about even on the federal races, which I know is not why you're here, but in the federal races, people go to Washington, and it doesn't matter how nice they sound and how friendly they were at the fundraiser and how they said a nice thing about your company. 
they're going to go to Washington on the American left and they're going to vote however Nancy Pelosi or Mitch McConnell, not Mitch McConnell, uh, Chuck Schumer tells them. That's what they're going to do. Same in Austin. It's not going to matter how nice they seem. It's a party thing. And it's just to me, the parties are so far apart at this, at this time in American history and Texas history. Yeah, they tr- they truly are, and and you know Ted Cruz is in a in a close race as well. Um, I know we got to get uh, Pete Sessions reelected and Kenny Marchant reelected to the U.S. Congress, uh, keep Democrats from taking over the Congress. I mean, the whole future of our country really hinges on the next week, week and a half. It's amazing. Okay, so you have we still have two minutes here. So you're gonna when you're back in the Texas legislature, um, I want to find out from you what are your top things you want to get done. What are the biggest issues you want to my, my, my number one priority and the governor's number one priority is to uh, property tax relief. I mean, we, we need to cap the skyrocketing rise of property taxes. The governor's proposed limiting increases to 2.5%, uh, including the assessments, not, not just the rate. Uh, and we also need to start buying down property taxes. Uh, my plan is to buy down school property taxes uh, with surplus revenue until they reach zero. We, we, we property taxes right now are burdening homeowners and they're out of control. And is there a school is the uh, school funding? Uh, is that not kind of related to property taxes? And yeah, yeah in that, I, I think we're going to try to buy down the school property taxes to some extent and then cap them so that they can't the, the local entities can't increase them right away. Well, I, I'm going to vote with you at this point for Texans. It is people come to Texas from other places because the cost of living is reasonable. The jobs are abundant. If you can't get property tax under control, mm-hmm. it changes everything, especially for people who are older and on a fixed income, ready to retire, and they're a little afraid they can't keep paying for their house. Yeah, we have the highest property tax of any state without an income tax. So okay. it can be done. It can be done. Okay, Matt Rinaldi, that always races by radio. Thank you for coming in. Thank you. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Oh, wait, quick shot. Where can people go to read about you? www.mattrinaldi.com. And the biggest message is get out and vote. Do it this week. Don't forget. Debbie George Addis, Matt Rinaldi, America Can We Talk on Facebook Live. Come back in four minutes. Hi, this is Debbie Georgiatis. If you are listening to America Can We Talk, you know that my show is dedicated to preserving the exceptional idea that is America. I want to take a minute to tell you what I mean by that. Unlike almost every other country on the planet, America's culture, our very identity, has nothing at all to do with ethnicity, race, or national origin. Instead, America is all about ideas, including the most basic idea that each of us, simply because we were born has the God-given right to live out our individual version of life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness within the guardrails of the Constitution and our laws. Preserving this requires patriots in every American generation to grasp the importance of this truth, to recognize and fight back against the subtle and not-so-subtle relentless attacks on American liberty, and to speak up for and defend the unique culture of American-style liberty. The federal government spends $900 billion annually on anti-poverty programs. What has it produced? 75% of black children are born into fatherless homes. 43% of the prison population is black. The black poverty rate has remained at twice the national average. 
and cities like Oakland, Baltimore, St. Louis, and Detroit are in ruins. Instead of helping, bad policies and billions of dollars have spread a sickness in the black community. It's time for a cure. The Center for Urban Renewal and Education, CURE, led by President Star Parker, is addressing our nation's most critical problems in our nation's most distressed zip codes. CURE's mission is to fight poverty and restore dignity through faith, freedom, and personal responsibility. To find out more, to read about how CURE works, and how you can help, please visit urbancure.org and sign up for our weekly newsletter. Together, you and I can cure America. America is greatly blessed by the men and women serving in our military who are defending us every day, making our freedom possible. Military families also serve, and they face hardships while dads and moms are far from home. Military families endure frequent moves around the country and overseas, requiring them to adjust to new schools and make new friends over and over. They also face anguish while their soldiers deployed overseas, often in harm's way. The Army Scholarship Foundation offers one way to help military families by providing academic scholarships to children and spouses of soldiers. And you can help. Visit ArmyScholarshipFoundation.org and consider making a tax-deductible donation to help a military family member pursue his or her educational dreams. Assisting military family members with their college education is a great way for all of us at home to say thank you to our military families for your service and sacrifice. Visit ArmyScholarshipFoundation.org and get involved today. The right to freedom of speech, to be who you are and to speak your mind, is a foundational American value enshrined in the First Amendment to our Constitution. And nowhere is that value more important than on America's college campuses. But too often on our campuses, unpopular political opinions or religious beliefs are met with censorship or even violence instead of honest dialogue and discussion. And Texas colleges are no exception. Schools like the University of Texas at Austin, Sam Houston State University, and the University of North Texas all place burdensome restrictions on free speech. That's why the Foundation for Individual Rights in Education, FIRE, fights back against the censors to defend liberty on America's college campuses. Does your college or alma mater uphold our most cherished American value of freedom of speech? Find out by visiting thefire.org and consider lending FIRE your support. And welcome back to America Can We Talk. That guy who was just here, uh, I should have spelled his name if you want to look it up. He's just a great candidate. And honestly, there's never been a harder working knock on doors, meet the voters. You know, And then he gets down to Austin. He does exactly what he said he would do. So his name is spelled, his first name is Matt, M-A-T-T. And then last name is Rinaldi, R-I-N-A-L-D-I. He's just a great uh, state rep. And, um, you know, it's funny on the conservative side in this show, I talk so much about the U.S. Congress, U.S.'s rate, U.S. races, the Senate races. Um, but we're always saying in the conservative side that really what we stand for, we, we support federalism, the concept of limiting what the federal government does to exactly and only what the Constitution says they should do, and that we like the power being held in the states. And the state of Texas is the, is the, um, is the anchor for liberty in America. It is the example of how to retain limited government, how to retain a strong uh, economy and strong uh, business economy 
which produces jobs so people have paychecks so they can come home and they can you know take care of their kids and, and get their kids what they need. All of that comes from good government in the state of Texas and is really un- under threat. The, the te- Texas has been kind of the boulder in the road for uh, Democrats for decades in trying to push their very socialist, left-wing, big government takeover mentality. Texas is the kind of the, stands there and says, no, we're going to have liberty. We're still, we still believe in the America of the, of the founding. I, I've said in, in many speeches the idea that Texas is really what America is supposed to be. It's supposed to be a place where we just love freedom and we hold on to liberty and we solve the problems facing our country and our state uh, in, in a way that is consistent with retaining limited government. Okay. Then I want to turn to, though, about the caravan. I mentioned, in fact, we were talking earlier with, uh, from the CN, with the CNN guy, Steve Cortez, um, about the caravan. And I want to just do a little update because this is clearly, unequivocally, undoubtedly timed to have the caravan arrive at the border near Election Day. We are now nine days away. Today is Sunday. Election Day is a week from this coming Tuesday. And that Election Day... Of course, and many states are early voting. We're here, we're here in Texas. We're early voting and, you know, all over the country that's happening. But, you know, many people also wait till the day of election. And so the two October surprises that the, the American left has in mind, one has to do with the caravan. And I'm going to get to talking about that in just a moment. And the other one has to do with the Mueller investigation and just the um, ongoing uh, you know, sense of uncertainty about what, if anything, Mueller is going to spring on America the week before the the election, the, this this midterm election, because this midterm election, this uh, November sixth of this year, twenty eighteen, this is a a. a a litmus test. It is an evaluation. It is an assessment of the strength of the Trump presidency of the popularity and the meaning of the Trump presidency. That's what the midterm is. It is whether or not the American people who came out of came out in droves by the millions to choose Donald Trump in the 2016 presidential cycle is it the fact that and Trump has been, you know, vilified by the Mueller investigation, by every major network, by every Democrat every day of his presidency. It's just been an ongoing attack on him. And the question is, do the American people still see all the good that Trump is doing for America and and recognize that despite all the vilification and name calling and slurs and all that do they still see the Trump agendas on track and actually doing great things for this country? The economy is pretty much indisputable. You cannot sit at home and say, well, you know, uh, we're broke now because of these terrible policies. The country is doing very well in terms of jobs, employment. People ha- actually have jobs with paychecks at the end. They're getting raises and they're getting benefits they didn't get before. They're able to take care of their families. So the economy, you can't really argue about but the effort of the American left to vilify Trump and to constantly ascribe to him all sorts of bad things, including the kind of things we talked about in the first hour of the show, where some you know extremely evil anti-Semitic Democrat, Trump hater, uh, decided to you know committed that horrific attack in the synagogue. But you know the left tries to spin that too. I didn't read you all the tweets because there wasn't enough time. But you know there were tweets blaming Trump for this guy who hates Trump, who's who who's and President Trump who's done so much good for the uh, Jewish population in America and in Israel. Anyway, onto the caravan. The caravan is intended to embarrass, 
Trump intended to have somehow to taunt Trump into saying something that they can pounce on and say, oh, my gosh, look what he said. He said that. That's horrible. And so the, the caravan is is kind of funny. It's, I think it's one of those echo chamber kind of issues where I read conservative things and I everyone, everything I read, every commentator, every blogger is saying, you know, this is just a this is just a flat out transparent assault. That's what this is. This is just an effort to make President Trump look mean if he cannot receive all the, these uh, this migrant caravan into America, make him seem selfish. Here he is, a billionaire, and these people are hungry, and, and we're not letting him in, all that. Um, but people see through it. But I also think, as I say, it's like an echo chamber issue. I think on the American left, there are probably people who continue to see this description of these impoverished people and contrast it with the millions of, uh, you know, America's wealth versus their poverty and say, come on, we can't we let them in? And, and where is our heart? Where is our humanity? I'm going to get in the last segment to the idiosity, if that were really a word. It probably isn't, but it should be. The idiosity of yet another um, unbearably obnoxious, you know, speech by uh, Governor Kasich of Ohio. And, but I want to save that for a separate segment because what he was really talking about there is he's trying to pull scripture in and trying to claim he somehow, you know, got the, the word straight from God and he knows what we're supposed to do. I mean, it's just, it's, it's a contortion of scripture and, and just a, just so obnoxious. But we're going to save that. What I want to talk about here in the caravan though is who's really in the caravan. So, President Trump made a comment in some speech someplace where he said, essentially, there are criminals in the caravan, um, MS-13 people. And Trump had made that reference. Um, that, And so right away, he's vilified, attacked. That's crazy. How do you know? So to, to start with, again, the caravan started in Honduras. These people walked through Honduras into Guatemala, into Mexico. And now there's another one starting, a house started in El Salvador. So it's a lot of people coming forward, impoverished people coming forward to present themselves at the southern border. The reason people describe it as contrived is because these people could not possibly afford to go on a one-month walking tour of anything. They don't have the money, the well-being, the supplies, anything. They're being supplied, funded, paid, cared for, housed, fed. All of that is happening. And so this is not truly the people themselves who are, um, you know, who are funding it all. It is being funded by left-wing sources. We talked last week about the uh, Pueblos and Fronteros, the, you know, basically people without Pueblo, people without homes. It's a borderless, it's a borderless advocacy thing. But I'm trying to get around the point I want to make in this segment that finally uh, a young man spoke up, an 18-year-old agreed to be interviewed uh, anonymously, but he spoke up and he's a former MS-13 person. And he said he was part of MS-13. He's 18 years old. He knows of at least 10 of his former cohorts meaning former MS-13 gang, his former, these people, MS-13 gang people, hiding out in the mass of disheveled migrants marching north through Mexico. And this guy giving the interview said, look, I don't agree with anything Trump stands for. But on this occasion, 
the president is right. He gave an interview to Daily Mail. This teen explained, my brother is still in MS-13. He told me they have contacts looking for people right now in the caravan. They come after you and they can take your life for this. So you have MS-13 people in the caravan coming forward and you have, I mean, and the notion again, harkening back to the CNN guy, Steve Cortez's point, it's not that we feel like in America we, that we just don't care, that too bad about poor people, but we have to have an orderly system in our country. You have to have laws that describe when we take people in, how we take people in. We don't have to be played by left-wing forces in this world trying to embarrass America and worse than embarrass America, trying to deprive America of the of the confidence in the idea you have to have borders or you're not a country. You're just a blob on the planet. You, to be a country, you have to have borders. You have to have rules about who comes in, what category they have, how they can pursue citizenship, or maybe they can't pursue, pursue citizenship. You have to have that. And this it, caravan is a blunt force attempt to try to embarrass America, to shame America into saying, fine, fine, everybody come in. We don't want to look mean. And, and if you do that... If you permit this caravan to be to do this to America, then there's the next caravan, and then the next caravan, and then the next. And we set a precedent. Well, you let them come in. How come you let this country come in, but not that country come in? It will never, ever end. And folks, this is abandoning our job to preserve and protect our country. This is abandoning our borders. We can't do it. When I come back, I'm going to share what John Kasich, I mean, I can't even think of a good enough adjective to describe him. Just crazy. But Facebook Live, come back in four minutes. Be right back. Do you know that one in nearly five United States residents lives in an immigrant household? That we take in more than one million new legal immigrants every year? Studying the impact of federal immigration program is the mission of the Center for Immigration Studies, the nation's only think tank looking at the broad national effect of immigration policy. Whether it's on crime, welfare, national security, or the job market, CIS digs out information about immigration from government sources, translates it into English, and makes it available to the public, the news media, and policymakers in Washington. Check out its work at CIS.org. CIS makes the case for better enforcement against illegal immigration and lower levels of legal immigration in the future. Most other special interest groups pursue the opposite. The only thing standing between them and open borders is an informed public. Get informed and stay informed by visiting CIS.org. That's CIS.org. Have you heard of the Policy Circle? It's a national network of women who come together in neighborhood conversations to discuss the public policies impacting their communities. You can think of it as a book club, but instead of reviewing a book, members discuss public policy issues. Policy Circle members have access to membership-only resources and benefits that complement a thoughtful framework for women to come together and have fact-based discussions. From healthcare to poverty... From free enterprise to education, from fiscal responsibility to the First Amendment, we discuss the issues that shape America. Change starts with a conversation. Conversations happen when women across the nation are connected and engaged in their communities, openly sharing their views and taking a leadership role in policy dialogue on what human creativity can accomplish in a free economy. 
Are you ready to join a growing network of engaged women? To join or start your own policy circle, visit thepolicycircle.org today. That's thepolicycircle.org. Let me tell you about the group Vice President Mike Pence called the most effective grassroots pro-life organization in America. It's the Susan B. Anthony List, and they're the ones who are on Capitol Hill right now, day in, day out, to fight back against Planned Parenthood and the abortion industry. Every day in our nation, abortion takes more than 2,000 innocent lives, almost two every single minute of every single day. And Planned Parenthood is the largest abortion business in the country, committing one-third of all abortions. It's an unspeakable tragedy and a stain upon our nation and our humanity. And it's up to us to do something about it. This is your opportunity to join the team that's leading the charge to end abortion. Go to sba-list.org or Google Susan B. Anthony List now to learn more and start saving lives today. Our military and veterans have served all of us, defending our nation whenever and wherever duty calls. But at home, when their families need support, they know they can turn to Operation Homefront for help. Operation Homefront provides military families with critical financial assistance, transitional and permanent housing, and family support programs throughout the year to help prevent their short-term needs from turning into long-term struggles. When you support Operation Homefront, your donation will make a real difference because 92% of their expenditures go directly towards programs that our military families need most. Each year, Operation Homefront serves thousands of military families, families in your community, helping wounded veterans transition to civilian life, helping military families pay overdue bills when their loved ones deploy overseas, and helping them through their short-term struggles. Make a difference today and help serve America's military families. Visit OperationHomefront.org. That's OperationHomefront.org. And welcome back. This is Debbie Georgiatis. This is always the fastest two hours of my week. It's the funnest two hours. I love doing this show every week. I would do it every day. It's just too much fun for words. I want to take a moment to thank the sponsor of our show. America Can We Talk is sponsored by GC Works. It's a Dallas-based company that performs research in advanced technology and delivers innovative approaches to the oil and gas industry. Could not do the show without them. Thank you, GC Works. Also want to mention that on Wednesdays, if you watch us on Facebook Live, thank you, on Wednesdays I do a podcast now. It's on also on this same America Can We Talk Facebook page, 3 p.m. every Wednesday, 3 p.m. Central Time. We usually do a deep dive into one or two issues. Um, I love hearing from our listeners, and I people email me. Um, and I really, I'm a little bit behind, but I'm getting better, keeping up and responding to you. Love having people email to just you know suggest topics or ask me why do you think that or whatever. I just love communicating. I think the whole the whole purpose of my doing this show and my public speaking is always to inspire people to love this extraordinary, exceptional country, this gift from our founders that is a, a country found on the rights of the individual to live in freedom. We are unique in the world. We still are unique in the world, and it's our job to hold on to that. So you can email me at americachemitalk at gmail.com. 
And I want to mention again something I said earlier. Uh, I'm part of a group that's bringing Candace Owens to Dallas, this new young rock star person who's uh, head, she kind of headed up the uh, Black Conservative Summit at the White House. Uh, she, we played a clip from her earlier today. She's just stellar and she's coming here in December. I think it's the 17th. I don't have my calendar. I think it's the 17th. But anyway, if you're interested in uh, getting tickets for that, you can email me at americachemitalk at gmail.com. And I'll let you know how to do that. Uh, It's a luncheon thing. She's going to give a speech. Uh, It's just going to be way too much fun. Way too much fun. You'll love it. And I'd love to have our our listeners join us. And I love also having the conversation um, online. And so if you are watching this, uh, people comment during the show. I try to go back, especially if they ask questions, try to answer. I, I know I'm pretty far behind in the communications I get from some listeners online, but I love hearing from you and I do want to get back with you. I also love speaking. I've spoken um, in um, Albuquerque last week, just a great group of women. I I don't always speak to just women's group, but you know, women, it's a different dynamic a little bit with just women's group, love speaking to any kind of group. And really, I'm just always trying to inspire the love of this precious country. And I get, I dig way down, dive way down on all sorts of issues. I, I think we're going to have to have more conversation upcoming about this uh, Islamization issue that we're watching happen in Europe, that European court, highest court uh, decision that basically said, yes, you can be criminally prosecuted for saying something is true that it hurts some, but if it hurts someone's feelings um, about their religion, I, I mean, absurd in a in, in that continent. It, I know it doesn't apply in America. I'm not saying it does. I'm telling you the mindset of the American left is to silence their critics, silence people who will not go along with uh, Islamism, with Islamization, with, with left-wing thought. Okay. But I really wanted to get to one last thing, back to Governor Kasich. And I think I described him in this, in the caption on Facebook for this uh, segment, the insufferable John Kasich. And I'm sorry, if you, any of you who, if he was your first choice in the uh, presidential campaign last year, then uh, okay. I don't really take it back, but I don't mean to hurt your feelings. He's insufferable, just insufferable. I mean, just so full of himself. But anyway, he was in some interview um, where he was taught, he was on CNN, it figures, CNN. um, And he said, And his quote with respect to this caravan we've been talking about, caravan coming through, funded by left-wing people around the world. Uh, In fact, the president of Honduras told our president, uh, our vice president Pence last week, the Honduran president said to Vice President Pence that this whole caravan is being funded by Venezuela. Now, as I said last week, Venezuela doesn't have two nickels to rub together, so I'm not sure that they're funding the whole thing, but it's just left-wing thinkers, whether it's Cuba and Venezuela. And and by the way, the government in Venezuela, the leaders, they have plenty of money. It's just the people starving to death because of socialism. But anyway, Venezuela, Cuba, China, whoever it's coming from, left-wing thought funding this attack on the idea of America having borders. And that's what it really is. It's not so much an invasion of our border. It's an attack on the idea that we have the right to have a border. That's what it really is. Okay. So Kasich, the insufferable, said, the Lord, his words, the Lord didn't want Americans to build walls and, or to reject the migrant caravan that's heading to the United States from Central America. And so he goes on to talk about, you know, he's, he's just virtue signaling out the wazoo. You know, what bothers me, says Governor Kasich, oh, we have a caravan coming north. We don't want all these people coming across our border and there are ways to deal with it. I believe if we would check out who these 
I can't stand to read his whole thing. He's basically saying we should check out who some of them are, give them asylum if we can. Um, and then he goes on and on about how much money we have in America. Why can't we let these people in? First of all, the the painful, short-sighted, obnoxious, you know, virtue-signaling obnoxiousness of his words, you know, that he's, he really cares. He's one, you got to understand he really, he has a heart, you know, most of America doesn't, but he's a really very special and much better person than all the rest of us. So he cares. He's full of baloney. You know, this, I, the guy is insufferable. Anyway, what I wanted to say, basically, you know, that we have to be careful, of course, and, and you know, uh, that we're lucky to be born in America, but we should let all these people in. But the main thing I want to get to was he was basically arguing that if you're Christian, if you love the scriptures, that you therefore must let the caravan in. That's his, that's his therefore. Okay, I want to contrast that with a viewpoint by my friend, Kelly Kulberg. And I want to mention a couple of things about Kelly. She is the founder. Okay, I had it right here. I want to say the name correctly. She is the founder of the American Association of Evangelicals. And she was interviewed recently in several um, outlets. And one I want to quote her from uh, is the Tennessee Star. And I'm pretty sure this is up or the Ohio Star. I have both of them here. I think one of them is up on our website, americachemitalk.org. But she is a profound thinker. She's an American patriot. And her American Association of Evangelicals, the idea of it is to bring a biblical mindset, a biblical worldview to the issues that we face and how to solve them. And this was so easily inviting by Kasich, with this comment by Governor Kasich, because he's basically saying, if you're a Christian, you have to let them all in. You can't even think about it. So she had several great points, and I want to share them with you. Um, one is, she said, um, she Kelly Colbert is talking about, um, and, she, and she's maybe she's a nicer person than I am, but anyway, she ended up saying that um, he, while she appreciates Governor Kasich's Christian faith and compassion, she would encourage him to reconsider the nature of love and the balanced wisdom of Scripture. This is her quote to the Ohio Star. The Bible does not teach open borders, but wise welcome. Remember that phrase, wise welcome. It's a brilliant thought. The Bible, and she goes through stories in the Bible where the um, the idea is not that we just say— um, in fact, I'm going to read her words. Rarely do folks quoting the Bible on immigration ever mention that Nehemiah and Ezra led their nation in the rebuilding of its faith, culture, and walls. Or that in Isaiah 1, God considers it a curse and tragedy when a nation is overrun by foreign influence. And, you know, the reason I want to get at this is I think that there are, I mean, I think that there is a tremendous pressure in the American left, put out by the American left, on Christian churches to make them feel like they are obligated to have a very welcoming feel with immigration, pretty much should surrender to the left-wing open border idea, that they should be, um, that, that, that to be a good Christian, to be the right kind of uh, Christian in the world today, you simply have to be willing to surrender to open borders, welcome the caravan, can't build a wall. And Kelly Kohlberg, who's uh, two interviews, I think they're actually both on our website at americachemitalk.org, one in the Ohio Star, one in the Tennessee Star, is making the point that's not what the Bible teaches. It doesn't say just abandon your borders, let anyone in. It talks about the importance of, 
Well, she uh, the two stories I mentioned. Uh, she ta- Sorry, I'm dropping my papers here. Um, she talked about this uh, wise welcome, balanced wisdom of the scriptures, the idea of Nehemiah and Ezra and Ezra building, rebuilding their nation's faith, culture, and walls. And, you know, I, at a broader point to this, and I'm going to have Kelly Kohlberg on the show with me. I, th- I don't have the date in front of me, two or three weeks away, but she's going to come on the program not just to talk about this issue, we will talk about this issue, but she's also going to talk about recognizing the influences in America that are truly evil, that are manipulative, and that are intended to contort and manipulate Christian churches in their understanding of what the scriptures actually teach, because the idea is pushing the left-wing agenda through the Christian churches. Her organization, American Association of Evangelicals, has a new video out. You can go to their website, American Evangelicals. Uh, oh, okay, Kelly, if you're listening, sorry, American Association of Evangelicals, I think, .com. But you can see their, oh, actually, if you're on the Facebook page, scroll down. I put it up in this Facebook page. But this video shows organizations put in place by George Soros, the anti-American, anti-Christian, anti-religion, anti-freedom, left-wing, you know, probably in the category of the most evil guy alive. This guy, George Soros, funds many, many organizations, including organizations that, that are, and their words, not mine, rent an evangelical, the rented evangelical movement. They're paying people who appear to be evangelicals, and you hear the names of these organizations, you think, gee, that's so nice. You know, Faith in America. Yeah, let's go for that one. These are groups funded by Soros, intended to contort the understanding of the Judeo-Christian scriptures, intended to confuse churches, religious people, pastors, religious communities into misunderstanding the scripture's messages on many, many, many points. And the American, um, this thing that organization formed by Kelly Kohlberg, the American Association of Evangelicals, is actually designed to bring back understanding, the actual fundamental understanding of what the scriptures stand for, what they mean, and to expose the effort of the American left to confuse and contort churches into thinking that the churches should be standing for surrendering our borders, as one example, along with dozens and dozens and dozens of other issues funded by the Soros movement to try to confuse Americans and forget the unique, extraordinary greatness of America. I'm almost out of time for today, but I want to urge you, number one, to please come to our website, americacanwetalk.org, and you can read everything we talked about tonight. Tune in every Sunday, 6 to 8 p.m. Central Time, Wednesday, 3 p.m. Central Time at Facebook Live, and come back every week because here we always talk truth about America. Come right back. Thank you for listening to America Can We Talk with Debbie Georgiatis. To learn more or to contact Debbie, go to AmericaCanWeTalk.org. America Can We Talk, truth about America.